Welcome to the sermon podcast of Old Bridge Baptist Church. Our mission at OBBC is to make disciples of Christ who connect with God, others, ministry, and the lost. We pray that the following sermon will encourage you in your walk with Christ today. Visit us on the web anytime at obb.church. So the the title of my message is um, Spiritual Growth. Spiritual Growth. And um, I've given a subtitle, The Inevitability of Spiritual Growth, which is that spiritual growth is inevitable. You know how Jesus Christ said, you must be born again to enter into the kingdom of God? Well, this message is saying, you must grow spiritually. It is inevitable that you grow. So my goal today is to exhort and encourage each one of us. I also need it, right? I also need spiritual growth. It's not because I'm preaching it to you. That means I don't need spiritual growth. I also need spiritual growth. We all need spiritual growth. So I'm going to exhort, encourage. Uh, Maybe it might not be uncomfortable, (laughs) but the Bible said that um, um, godly sorrow Right, produces repentance, right? Godly sorrow produces repentance. So that's, that's my goal today. And um, I'm gonna be reading a lot of scriptures. I'm not just gonna focus on one, one scripture. So I'm gonna be doing a lot of scripture because it's a topic that I'm covering. So I'm gonna go here, I'm gonna go there. So um, you do well if you take notes and I recommend that you do that. It's gonna be a lot of scriptures, so just Stay with me, I promise you're gonna enjoy it. (laughs) So I have four goals today. Um, The first one is what is spiritual growth? So I'm gonna define what spiritual growth is from the Bible, not my own definition. I'm gonna get it from the Bible. Everything's gonna come from the Bible. (laughs) And um, second, second part is what are some of the benefits of spiritual growth, okay? What are some of the benefits of spiritual growth? And then the third is, what are some of the consequences of not growing spiritually, right? Because there are consequences. If you don't grow spiritually, there are consequences. And then last part is, how does one grow spiritually? How does one grow spiritually? So that's kind of like what I'm going to do, right? What is spiritual growth? What are some of the benefits of spiritual growth? And what are consequences? If you don't grow spiritually, there are consequences to it spiritually. And then how does one, because I can't just leave you hanging, right? I can't just say all that and not share with you how to grow spiritually. So that's how I'm going to approach it. So Jesus Christ said in John chapter 3 that that which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So before you come to the kingdom of God, you are just flesh. You are just human. There is no spirit about you because what happened in the Garden of Eden was that Adam and and Eve and God had a relationship. But then when they sinned, that relationship was cut off. Right. So everyone who comes into this world has no spiritual life. You are born dead, spiritual. You are just human. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. 
And then the Holy Spirit comes and regenerates you. Another word for that you, you've been born again. So when you are born again, the Holy Spirit comes to live in you, right? <clears throat> because Jesus Christ said, the Bible said, Christ in you, the hope of glory. It is Jesus Christ in you that makes you again, right? The Spirit comes to stay within you. So before you come to Christ, you are just human, no spirit. But then when you come to Christ, the Holy Spirit comes to live in you. Now the Spirit is in you. So you have to grow spiritually. The same way that you grow as a human, now because that you are born again, you also have to grow spiritually. So that's what I'm saying that spiritual growth is inevitable because physical growth, right? So let's say like you have a kid, right? And then the kid, you, the kid is born, the kid is an infant, and then a toddler, right? And then God forbid that the kid doesn't grow anymore. What's gonna happen? You're gonna say, well, what? Your, your mother-in-law is gonna ask you, your mom is gonna ask you, what's, what's going on with this kid, right? The kid is not growing, he's like one or two. And the kid is not growing. You, make, you call the doctor, my kid is not growing, right? It will bother you. So the same way with spiritual growth. So the same way that we grow in the physical as human, we, we also have to grow spiritually. We also have to grow spiritually. It is inevitable that we grow spiritually. And the reason why it's inevitable is that so I write here that your enjoyment of God and his kingdom is conditioned on your spiritual growth. Because there's so much in the kingdom that if you don't grow, you're not going to enjoy it. <clears throat> That's what it is. If you don't grow, you're not going to enjoy the fullness. Right? Remember Jesus Christ said, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. If you don't grow, you don't enjoy that fullness of abundance. So it's really, really important that we grow spiritually. Okay, so what is spiritual growth? So 2 Peter chapter 3 said, it's a command that we should grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So that's 2 Peter 3, 17 and 18. It said, grow in knowledge and grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That is spiritual growth, right? You've come to grace. Now you have to grow in it. You can't just stay there, right? You have to grow. Grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ is a person. Right? The Bible said there is only one mediator between man and God. That man, Jesus Christ. So we have to know him. Right? You get to know someone. You grow with that individual. So we can't just stay at one position. We have to keep growing. And I always use, you know, like a tall building, right? You have to go on the first floor. You stay at the first floor. But you don't want to just you get into the building. You don't just stay at the first floor. You want to go to the first floor and the second floor and the third floor and all the way up to the last floor. That's how it is. That's why the Bible is saying grow in it. Don't just stay at the first floor. That's not enough. 
let's go to the second floor, okay? Now we've gone to, okay, now let's go to the third floor. Let's go to the fourth and keep going. That's what spiritual growth is all about. So it's saying, grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's spiritual growth. And also Jude 20 said that, but you, beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith. So you have to build yourself up on your most holy faith. You have the faith. The Bible said it is by grace, through faith, that we came to Christ. Now let's build upon that faith. It's like building a house, right? You have the foundation. You don't stop there. Let's build upon that foundation and have a complete house, okay? So he said, building yourself up on your most holy faith. So that's what it is. Build yourself up on your most holy faith. We need to optimize and maximize our spiritual life. We need to optimize and maximize our spiritual life. Every company, you know what the companies do every year? Every year, they'll, they'll form a team, right? Here in America, because I work for a big company. They'll, work, they'll form a team. And the number one goal that the CEO wants to answer is that how do we maximize our profit? What do we have to do to maximize our profit? And then they come, they come up with so many different things that will help them to maximize our profit, their profit. And the Bible said they do it for unperishable, for a perishable crown. Because when Jesus Christ comes, all those things are going to perish. But we do it for unperishable crown. So it is inevitable that we maximize our spiritual growth. And even in the kingdom of darkness, there are stages in there. The same way that here on earth, right, I said a baby grows, become infant, toddler, and then a boy or a girl, and then they keep growing. The kingdom of darkness also has that. The kingdom of darkness, the Bible said we don't wrestle with flesh and blood, but we wrestle with principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this age, spirits of wickedness in the heavenly places. So if the kingdom of darkness has stages in there, whatever it is, then we also, we also have to grow. That's why the text that Pastor Barr read said that little children, right? So it said little children, and then he went on to say young man, and then he went on to say fathers. So you come in as a little child, then you grow to become a young man, and then you move on to a father. So I say it is inevitable that we grow spiritually. It is inevitable. And the, at, the end of, at the end of all the growth is that we may become like Jesus Christ. That's the whole point, that we may become like Jesus Christ. The will of God for your life is that you may become like Jesus Christ. That's the end of all salvation. The Apostle Paul said, my little children, right, you come in as a little children, for whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you. Until Christ is formed in you. So your greatest goal is to become like Jesus Christ. And to become like Jesus Christ, you have to grow spiritually. You have to grow spiritually. And that's the, one of the devil's greatest fear. The devil doesn't, he doesn't care if you come to Christ, right? Because he can't do anything about it. Jesus Christ is much more powerful. But his greatest fear is that you may grow spiritually. Because the more you grow, 
the more you become a threat to his kingdom. Because you're going to bring more people into the kingdom of God. You're going to pray against all the, the works that he's doing. So that's the devil's fear. That's why I'm here exhorting each one of us. That at the forefront of our mind, I put it in my notes that one of the, one of the top things in your New Year's resolution is spiritual growth. It always has to be spiritual growth. No matter what it is, I want to lose weight, I want to go back to school, I want to get married, whatever it is. All those things are good. But the first thing that you put on your list is I have to grow spiritually. What do I have to do to grow spiritually? Because it's inevitable. Inevitable. So that's what spiritual growth is all about. Spiritual growth. So now I'm going to move to what are some of the benefits of spiritual growth? What are some of the benefits of spiritual growth? <clears throat> so John said in John chapter 1 that <clears throat> right, Jesus Christ came on this earth. Right? In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And that Word is God. That Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The law came through Moses, but grace came through Jesus Christ. And he said, and of his fullness have we all received grace upon grace. And of his fullness have we all received grace upon grace. One of the benefits of spiritual growth is that you enjoy the fullness of Christ. You remember I said the will of God for your life is that you may be like Jesus Christ? This is it. And he said, and of his fullness have we all received grace upon grace. So that's one of the benefits. You enjoy the fullness of Christ because there is more into Christ. And the more that you grow spiritually, the more that there is to Christ that you may enjoy the fullness of Christ. Jesus Christ himself said in Matthew chapter 5 that blessed is he who thirsts and hunger after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Matthew chapter 5. So if you want more of Jesus Christ, more righteousness of Christ, well, then you have to hunger and thirst after righteousness. Those are the benefits. The blessed is he who hungers and thirsts after righteousness, for he shall be filled. He shall be filled. I already mentioned this one, the, the abundance of life, right? You want to enjoy more? He said, the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. I have come that you may have life, not just life. It doesn't stop there. No, 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 no. I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly more abundantly so to enjoy abundance of life well then you have to grow spiritually you have to the bible said we have to reign with christ that's that abundance of of life abundance <clears throat> of life another benefit of spiritual growth <clears throat> is that we get to enjoy the first fruits of the spirit the first fruits of the Spirit. <clears throat> what does that mean? Well, our hope is that Christ will come again and then he will take us to heaven. But the Bible said even before Christ comes, 
we can enjoy some of it, the first fruits of heaven here on this earth. The first fruits of heaven here on this earth. Because the, the Bible said we are already seated in the heavenly places together with Jesus Christ. He said you died, but God has quickened you together with Christ. And he has also seated you together in the heavenly places with Jesus Christ. <clears throat> and our citizenship is already in heaven. Not we are going to, no, our citizenship is already in heaven. So we have to start enjoying heaven on this earth. That abundance of life. We are not just surviving. No, no, no. We have to enjoy this. The abundance of life in heaven. <clears throat> the abundance of life in heaven. It's really critical. And you remember the, the, the parable of the talents? Where, right? The master was traveling. He gave five talents to one of the servants, two to the other, and then one to the other servants, right? Three of them, so five, two, and one. Five, the, person, the servant who received five worked with it and then multiplied it and got ten when the servant came. And the other <clears throat> servant had two, multiplied it, and then also had four. But then the one that had only one talent, thank you, Rachel, that only had one talent, did nothing to it. He just sat there and gave a lot of excuses. And then listen to what Jesus Christ told the first two. He said, well done, great and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler of many things. See the, the, the growth? You've been faithful with the small that I gave you, and you've grown it. And then he said, enter into the joy of your Lord. So you gave, I gave you two of them, and then you've, you've been able to grow it, right? You've been able to multiply it. So, well, I'll give you more. I'll make you ruler of many things. I'll make you ruler of many things. And then the, the, the servant that he only gave one, he said, listen to what Jesus Christ said. You wicked and lazy servant. Wow. Therefore, take the talent from him and give to him who has ten talents. And then he concluded and said, For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken. So to receive more from God, because that's, <clears throat> that's how the Holy Spirit does it. When he sees that you are really hungry for it, then he asks you, okay, Oh, this guy is really hungry. Okay, let me add more to him. Okay, and then he keeps growing and growing. But if you sit there and you're not growing, the Holy Spirit is not going to add to it. That's why I said spiritual growth is inevitable. You must grow. You must grow. <clears throat> you must grow. You can't, you can't joke with it because your whole, the as I said, right, the enjoyment and all the benefits in the kingdom comes with spiritual growth. He said in, in, in the scripture that was read, it said, I write to you little children because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. Right? When you come, it's the, okay, your sins are forgiven. And then he said, I write to you young man because you are strong. Wow. Okay, he has moved from a little child to a young man. He's strong. The word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. 
You have overcome the wicked one. And then to the fathers he said, I write to you fathers because you have known him who is from the beginning. That's what spiritual life is all about. You have known him who is from the beginning. You have known him who is from the beginning. So I say this is inevitable that you grow spiritual. So those are some of the benefits. You enjoy that abundance of life. I'm not just here on this earth just to survive. No, I have to enjoy this spiritual life, this relationship with God, the first fruits of the spirit. I have to enjoy it all. Those are the spiritual benefits. So I'm going to move on to some of the consequences. If you don't grow spiritually, there are consequences to it. You don't grow spiritually. There are consequences. One of the consequences of not growing spiritually is lack of assurance. Lack of assurance. The Bible said, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage, again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. That's Romans 8, 15 and 16. Lack of assurance, one of the consequences of, spirit, of, of not growing spiritually is lack of assurance. That so many, even, though, even though you've been a Christian for so long, sometimes people feel like, I'm, I'm not even sure even if Jesus, when Jesus Christ comes, I'm gonna make it like you have the, the lack of assurance with you. But, but then the Bible said, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. Like as you grow, then you have more assurance. Oh wow, okay, I'm growing in Christ, I'm growing in Christ. You have that hope that when Christ comes, you're gonna go with him. But if you, you don't grow, then you lack assurance. You lack assurance. And then the outside will look good, right? You smile, you dress up, come to church every day. But there are so many battles in the inside that you have suppressed them because it's lack of assurance. And then every little thing, you, you are so sensitive to it because you're too fragile, because there is no spiritual growth. You remember he said, I, I write to young men because you are, you are strong. A young man spiritually is strong. And then he said, the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. It doesn't matter what the devil throws at you. No, you have overcome the wicked one. You become too sensitive. Any little obstacle in your life, you start to lose hope. Any little obstacle, you start to lose faith. That's what Jesus Christ told his disciples. You said you have faith. Oh, you of little faith. Where is your faith? Because they weren't matured enough. That's what happens. One of the consequences is lack of assurance. You become so like every little thing. Something happened in your life and you start crying. Something happened, you give up. Some, no, no. He said, and into this grace in which we stand, we are standing in grace. It doesn't matter what happens in life. No, we will face it because we have Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ said in this world, you will face tribulation. But be of good cheer, because I have overcome the world. And we are in Jesus Christ. He said, in, it, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. It doesn't matter what happens. We will face it, because we are growing spiritually. 
We are growing spiritually. We are growing spiritually. I'm going to go to Hebrews chapter 5, verse 10. 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 So Hebrews chapter 5, he's talking about the priesthood of Jesus Christ, where he said that um, that priesthood of Jesus Christ is according to the order of Melchizedek, okay? So now the writer of Hebrews is explaining that to them. And then he said, called by God as high priest, according to the order of Melchizedek, right? He's talking about Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ was called as a high priest by God according to the order of Melchizedek. And in verse 11, of whom we have much to say and hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of Christ. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. So if you don't mature, you wouldn't be able to comprehend doctrine. You wouldn't be able to comprehend good teaching. Right? Some people say, oh, I hate doctrine. Well, because you're not mature. You grow, and then you, that's what he's saying here. We have so much to say about the priesthood of Jesus Christ according to the order of Melchizedek, but you are so immature. And he said, for everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Wow. That's why you don't want to be staying at that place, right? Because then you become a babe. We, we always have to feed you with milk. He said, let's get past over the first oracles of Christ. You've come to Christ. You've been in it for a while. Let's keep going. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, right? The matured people. That is, those who have reasoned of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Therefore, this is verse six, verse one, verse, chapter 6, verse 1. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection. You see, let, that's what, the, what I'm preaching is what he's saying here. He said, let us now go on to perfection. Let us now go on to maturity. Don't stay as a babe. We cannot keep feeding you milk. You need solid food. Let us go on to perfection. So if you stay a babe, well, you wouldn't be able to comprehend spiritual truth. So those are some of the consequences. You wouldn't be able to comprehend spiritual truth. You wouldn't be able to comprehend spiritual truth. You're able to comprehend spiritual truth. It's really important. And I'm going to read another passage here, which is Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. This is some of the consequences. If you don't grow spiritually, and he himself, he's talking about Jesus Christ here, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edification of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, 
to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's the will of God for you, for you to be matured into the fullness of the stature of Christ. That we should no longer be children, spiritually. That we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of man in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. That's what happens. If you don't grow, every little thing that you hear, it's like you're waving, right? You go here one day, and then you go here the next day, and it's like you're not really sure what's going on because you're not growing spiritually. You're not growing spiritually. So those are some of the consequences. If you don't grow spiritually, well, those are the consequences. You have lack of assurance. It's just a, it's just a fact in the, in the kingdom, right? You lack lack of assurance, and that you wouldn't be able to comprehend spiritual truth, right? You say, "Oh, the, I don't I don't like doctrine. It's too boring." No, because you are still a babe. You want us to feed you milk, and then if you don't do that, it, it just said it here: you'll be treated as a child. People will toss you to and fro. Remember, the Bible said there are so many false prophets in the world, so many false prophets. If after you leave here, you go out. You face so many challenges. You hear this on the radio. You hear this on TV. If you are not matured, you get tossed to and fro. You go here one day. So you go here one day. I don't know what's going on. So it's really important that you grow spiritually. It's really important. So we've covered what is spiritual life, which is that spiritual growth, which is that we grow in grace and in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And then we build up our faith. We build it up. We don't want to stay there. No, 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 no. We build it up. And I said there are so many benefits to spiritual growth. And we said some of them is that we enjoy the fullness of Christ. We enjoy the fullness of Christ. We enjoy the first fruits of the Spirit. We are not waiting to go to heaven before we start enjoying it. No, we have to start here. The first fruit of the Spirit. But if you are not matured, you wouldn't be able to get that. And then I said there are also consequences consequences, which is that lack of assurance. There's so many battles in the inside because you lack assurance. So fragile. Any little thing you react, someone steps on your toe, any, you, you can't forgive because you are still a baby. You can't forgive. You have bitterness, anger, wrath in you. It's all inside because you are not mature. Those who are matured, they know the word. Okay, forgive, boom, and then we move on. We talk about it, we move on. But if not, lack of assurance. And then I also said, if you don't grow spiritually, you'll be treated as a child, right? Growing up, your mom will say, no, grow up. You can't be a child anymore. You got to grow. That's what the writer to the Hebrews and Ephesians also said. You get tossed to and fro, tossed to and fro. So I just kind of gave you a summary of what I covered. So the last part is going to be then, right, as a berry, you told us what spiritual growth is. You've told us what are some of the benefits of spiritual growth, and you've also told us what are the consequences if you don't grow spiritually. So the next part is, how then does one grow spiritually? How then does one grow spiritually? 
So I said that justification and the new birth is by faith alone, right? You come to Christ by faith alone. It is by grace through faith. But then I said sanctification and spiritual growth is by the work of God and you. You have to participate in spiritual growth. God is not all going to do it for you. No, no. God is not going to do it for you. He said in Philippians 2, 12 to 13, work out, you, you work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. So God is working in you. You work it out. You work it out. And it also said in Romans that if you by the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the flesh, you shall live. If you, you by the Spirit. So it is the, the backing of the Spirit. The Spirit is there, but you have to do it. You have to remember the talents, right? The last one said, oh, God, you know, I'm just going to. I'm just going to put the one talent you gave me. I'm just going to let it sit there. I'm going to wait till you come, and then we'll talk about it. He said, no, you are a lazy servant. Lazy servant. So it's you and the spirit. You have to work out your own salvation. You ha I just wanted to make that clear, right? Because when it comes to how does one grow, it's, it's not just the spirit is going to do it for you. No. He said, I'll, I'll bring you a, a helper. Wow, that's what Jesus Christ said. The Holy Spirit is a helper. Right? He helps you. He helps you. But you got to work out your own salvation with the strength and the power that is given to you by the Spirit. So there are five things that, you know, um, God has been, like, the more, okay, so the more I do these things, the more that I see that I grow. So I'm going to share with you the five things that, you know, throughout my whole, you know, spiritual life, that God has been kind of opening my eyes to, that the more I do these things, I see that the more that I grow. So I'm going to share this with you. I've, I've kind of taught this a little bit at the um, Sunday school class, I think like a month or two ago, but it doesn't hurt to... Um, reiterate the same thing. So five things to practice to grow spiritually. Five things to practice to grow spiritually. The first one is the word of God. You got to know the word of God. Second one is meditation. Meditation. Third one is prayer. Fourth one is fasting. And the last one is obedience. Okay. So the first one is that you got to know the word. The word of God, the word. The second one is that you have to meditate the word. You have to meditate on the word. The third one is that you have to pray. You have to pray. Fourth is that you have to fast. And the last part is that you have to obey. Okay? You have to obey. So the word, I'm going to take each one of them and then kind of explain a little bit of it. So the word, I'm going to take the word. So the word of God, you need to saturate and immerse in the truth because the word of God is the foundation for everything. The word of God is the foundation for everything, right? In the beginning was the what? 
the word. The word was with God, and that word is God. Wow. In the beginning was the word, right? When you read Genesis, it said that, um, and then God said, let there be light, and there was light. God said the word came out of God, right? The, the whole world was created by the word, right? The word. So everything, the foundation, the, the root of everything is the word. The alpha and the omega of everything is the word. The word. Wow. And it's, it said that First um, Peter chapter 2, verse 2, it said, As newborn babes, as newborn babes, Desire the pure milk of the word. Wow. As newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Right? That's what a, a baby needs, right? <laughs> you just give them milk, milk, and you see them grow. <laughs> so here, spiritually, our milk is the word. So let's keep on feeding ourselves with the word. Let's keep on feeding ourselves with the word, right? As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. That you may grow thereby. Uh, and the Bible also said, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let the word of God dwell in you richly. Colossians 3.16 let the word of God dwell in you richly, right? And he said, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and also spiritual songs. So if you, if you have the word in you, you'll be able to teach other people the one another relationship. The word of God. It starts with the word of God. Wow. The word of God. And then Jesus Christ said, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The word is the foundation. The word. Jeremiah said, your words were found, and I ate them. How can you read the word of God? And I ate them. It's a, just a you know, symbolic way of saying it. And I ate them, and they were to me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. The word. You have to eat. It's like you have to eat the word, right? <laughs> you have to eat the word, eating the word all the time. You read, 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 read. You read every day. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Morning, afternoon, whatever. You have the word on your phone, right? You take a break. You read the word. The word, the word, and the more you read, the Bible said, as newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word. The more you read the word, the more that you see that you're going to grow. You're going to grow. Because God said it. I didn't say it. It's God who's saying it. Read the word. And the apostles in Acts, it said that they gave themselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Ministry of the word. You need the word. The word. Ephesians 6 also said, The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The sword of the spirit. Jesus Christ defeated the devil by just speaking the word, right? Jesus Christ did nothing. 
the devil will say something and then Jesus Christ will say, no, but the word said, boom, the word, the word, the word. So if you want to grow, you have to eat the word. You have to drink the milk of the word. You have to keep reading the word. Read, 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 read. Read the whole counsel of God. Old Testament, New Testament. Old Testament, New Testament. Old Testament, New Testament. Old Testament, New Testament. So that's the first part. You got to read the word. Let the word of, I love Colossians 3.16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you. And then even the, the passage that was read, the New Testament one, it said that, I write to you, young man, because you are strong, the word of God abides in you. Because the word is there, right? You, and the, the, um, King David said, your word is a what? It's a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The word. You can't go without the word. No, it starts with the word. It starts with the word. Okay, the word. So now the second part is meditation, okay? Meditation. So meditation is pondering or thinking or processing the word. Okay? So you read the word, you read the word, it's right here, right? But for the word to move from your head to your heart, the connecting thing is meditation. 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 See, there is the letter of the word and the spirit of the word. So as you read this, okay, you are reading the letter of the word. Now the letter has to move to the spirit of the word. And the way to do that is through meditation. As you think more about it, as you ponder over the word, as you kind of challenge yourself with it, you massage the word, right? Then the spirit will start revealing the meaning of the word to you. The spirit reveals the meaning of the word to you, right? We don't just want the letter of the word. We want the spirit thereof. So it comes through meditation. It comes through meditation. The word. It comes through meditation. Right? The Old Testament scripture, Psalm chapter 1, right? Psalm 1, it said, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. You see what it is? That brings forth its fruit in its season. It's like you have a tree, right? If you don't water it, it's not going to produce fruits in its due season. Right? So that's what meditation does. So a lot of us, we have the word here but it has not moved to our heart. So when it's time for us to apply it, it's not there. And it's like, but I thought I knew this. Why is it that it's not here? Because well, it's just staying here. You have to move it from here to there. And it's through med meditation. And that's what it said here, that um, that brings forth its fruits and its juices, whose leaf also shall not wither, because it's, it's planted on the riverside. It, it's getting the water that's needed all the time. And whatever he does shall prosper. Whatever he does shall prosper. Because it's getting what's needed. That's what your heart needs. Your heart and your spirit needs the word of God. 
So you meditate upon it. Because if you just put it here, it's just going to go out. You have so much going on in, in your life. Right? You have kids, you have work, you have friends, you have all that stuff. Social media is causing distractions and stuff. So you have to take time and meditate on the word. Meditate on the word. And the same thing that God told Joshua. Say, Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. So if you just read it, it's not going to click. You have to meditate upon it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. You will have good success. So I have five things that I want you to, when you meditate, some questions to ask, okay? I'm going to run this through real quick. So the first thing is that sin. Is there any, so after you read the scripture, you meditate, is there any sin in my life that the Bible is telling me to stop? And it's okay. Thou shalt not do this. Don't, do this. Don't lie. Don't be angry. And then you, you start thinking about them. Okay, so that's one thing. Is there any sin in my life that I have to let go after reading this scripture? And that only comes through meditation. Are there any promises of God that I can just take from this scripture? Right? Any promises of God? Right? Don't be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Okay, okay. So next time when I'm anxious for nothing, I'm not when I'm worried about something, I'm not going to be anxious. I'm just going to go to prayer. Okay, because God promised me that if I come to prayer, he will answer me. So those are the promises, okay? So sin promise. Next one is example. Are there any examples in the scriptures that I can take with me? Any examples in the scriptures? Any examples in the scriptures? Sec, um, fourth one is, is God commanding me to do something, right? Two greatest command. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And also love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, command. Okay, God is commanding me that I love my neighbor and I love him. Okay, command, command. Okay, good. I get that. And then knowledge. Is there any knowledge that I can get from the scriptures? Is there any knowledge that I can get from the scriptures? So those are the things that you want to be thinking about as you meditate, okay? Is there any sin, any promises, any example, any command? Any knowledge of God? Any knowledge of God? Okay. So I've covered the word, right? I said the word. We spend so much time. The word of God. Wow. All scripture is an inspiration of God. The word. And I said, you take the word and you meditate on it. And it feeds your heart and your spirit. Someone said, for you to be able to obey the word of God, it has to be in your bloodstream. <laughs> The word has to be in your bloodstream. And what he means is that it has to be in you, in your, in your heart, in your spirit. And that, that's what meditation does for you. Meditation does for you. And then prayer. Third one is prayer, right? It's like it's all over the Bible, right? That man out to pray and never lose heart. Man must pray. That's what Jesus Christ is saying. Man out to pray and never lose heart. Man out to pray and never lose heart. Ephesians 6, praying always with all prayer and supplications in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Right? Pray always 
with perseverance. Don't give up. Don't stop till God has answered. It doesn't matter what people are saying. No, no, no. Keep on praying. Keep on praying. Keep on praying. Philippians 4, 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. By prayer and supplication. And you see, the more that you pray, the more that you see, wow, the days go by. Okay, the more that I pray, the more that I grow. And the less that I pray, the less that I grow. So the more that I pray, okay. And you know it. Everyone, everyone knows it. That's why no man is greater than his prayer life. If you want to evaluate your greatness, check your prayer life. The more you pray, the greater you are. The less you pray, the less you are. And you, you see, it's so amazing that the spirit just hits us in our mind. That, oh, you're not praying. You're just decreasing, right? <laughs> it's decreasing spiritually. Decreasing spiritually. So no man is greater than his prayer life. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you've been in the faith for 10, 20, 30 years. It doesn't matter. No, no. No man is greater than his prayer life. And then Jeremiah 31 said, Call on me in times of trouble, and I will hear you and show you great and mighty things that you have never seen before. Great and mighty. God is a spirit. And that's what prayer does. You see, prayer, the essence of prayer is that, so what happens is that, let's say I pray today, right? I go to sleep. The presence of God is not with me anymore. I have to call on him for him to come. And that's what prayer does. So that's why you can't count on the prayers that you prayed last week for this week. It doesn't work that way. You have to pray every day because you need the presence of God with you. You need the presence of God with you. So we've, we've heard a lot of sermons about prayer, so I'm not going to stress a lot about that. It's important. Man out to pray. That's the whole point. So word, meditation, prayer. One of the reasons why a lot of people say, oh, prayer is kind of hard for me, is that we skip the first two. We skip word and meditation. So you start praying, right? And then after five, ten minutes, it's like, I don't have anything else to say. What am I going to say? Well, because you don't have the word in you. See, you, how would you, what are you going to say? Let's say you want to pray for 30 minutes. And if you don't have the word in you, what are you going to say? So that's what Prayer, that's what the word and meditation do for you. They help you to pray. You, it's like you, you praying the word of God back to God. And then as you read the word, you meditate, read, meditate. The word naturally sticks to your mind. You don't even have to force yourself to memorize it. I was talking to a friend and I was like, I was, you know, quoting some scriptures to him. And he's like, how did you? And I'm like, no. Like, I did not consciously say, okay, today I'm going to memorize all these. No, it's just as you read and you meditate, read, meditate, it just gets stuck in your mind. It, it doesn't go. That's, that's just how it is. So if you want to boost up your spiritual, your prayer life, get in the word and meditation. Word, meditation. Word, meditation. It's not easy, but you got to do it. It's not easy. And I'm glad that before I got married and had kids, God had already opened my eyes to these things. Because when you, when you get married and start having kids, your time before it's like this, your time is like this. Right? 
But if you don't have these things in practice, then it's like, that's why it's, if you are sitting here, you are not married, heed to these things that we are talking about. It will help you. <laughs> okay, it will help you. I promise you, because I, <laughs> a man with an experience is never at the mercy seat of a man with an argument. <laughs> okay, so it's really important. <laughs> so so we've, we've talked about the word meditation and prayer. Now we have to add fasting to it, okay? Fasting. So fasting means to abstain from food for a certain period of time, okay? Fasting means to abstain from food for a certain period of time. Fasting is expected. Fasting is expected. Well, Old Testament, Daniel fasted. Moses fasted, right? Moses fasted. Uh, the priests fasted. The, the, the kings fasted. It's, it's expected. It's expected. Jesus Christ said, when you fast, that means it's expected, right? The, the, the Pharisees and the scribe came to Jesus Christ and said, hey, we fast like twice every week. Why is it that your disciples are not fasting? Jesus Christ said, hold on. The bridegroom is here. When he goes, then they will fast. But now that I'm here on this earth with them, no, they're not going to fast. When I go, so that means that it was part of the ministry of Jesus Christ. That's why even before he started his ministry, he fasted for 40 days. He fasted for 40 days. That's why, right, I said Matthew 6. It said, when you fast, when you pray, when you give. So Jesus Christ is expecting us to pray, give, and fast. Those three things are fundamental, right? That's why when we come here, we pray, and then we give, right? <clears throat> but we also have to add fasting to it. Because fasting strengthen, it strengthens your spiritual man. Because the spirit is within you. Fasting strengthens you. It strengthens you. That's why Jesus Christ, after he came out of fasting, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. The spirit of the Lord. It opens you up to the spirit. I don't know how it works. When you fast, the Holy Spirit honors it. And he gives you more of himself. So that's why fasting is important. Fasting is important. I wrote here, without prayer and fasting, some prayers will not be answered. If you, sometimes if you just pray, some prayers will never be answered. Nope. But you have to pray and fast. You have to pray and fast. Some, I said some prayers will never be answered. Some chains will never be broke off. Some sinful patterns will never go away. If you don't pray and fast, you have to do both of them. Praying and fasting. Praying and fasting. That's what Jesus Christ told his disciples. So one day, a man brought his son to the disciples of Jesus Christ. I think he had um, a demon in him. And the disciples prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. But the demon never left. So Jesus Christ was on the mountain of transfiguration. He came down and the man rushed to him and he said, Lord, I brought my son for your disciples to heal him, but they never were able to heal him. And then Jesus Christ just rebuked the demon and he left the, the guy. And then later the disciples came to Jesus Christ and said, why was it that we couldn't deliver the, the boy? And Jesus Christ said, ah, 
This kind, this kind only goes out by prayer and fasting. This kind only goes out by prayer and fasting. There are some things, some things that you are asking God for, if you don't add fasting to it, it's just how he has, he has done it. Fasting and prayer, fasting and prayer. The apostle Paul said, in much fasting, Wow, when you read 2 Corinthians 6, 5, and then 2 Corinthians eleven seventeen, he said, in much fasting. And then the, the, the church in Antioch, in Acts 13, the church in Antioch, it said that as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, that's when the Holy Spirit said, set Paul and Barnabas for the work of ministry. As they they prayed and fasted. That's when the Holy Spirit said, set Paul and Barnabas for the work of ministry. So fasting is needed. Fasting is abstaining from food for a period of time, right? Sometimes you skip, sometimes I skip breakfast, no breakfast. Sometimes I skip breakfast and lunch and I just eat dinner, fasting. And I'm reading the word, I'm meditating, I'm praying. And then you see, the more you do that, the more you grow. It's like, oh, wow. And, you know, when people hear about fasting, it's like, well, I don't want to. No, it's good. It's good. Fasting. And then the last part, right? So word, meditation, prayer, fasting. The last part is obedience. Obedience, okay? Obedience. John 14, 23 to 24. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my word. So that's it. It's just simple. Just keep the word, right? You're, you're reading the word. You're meditating on it. Now keep on keeping the word. Just keep the word, right? Keep the word. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. They're not, because it's love, right? Love. We love God. We wanna, God, we want to be changed. We want to be more and more like Jesus Christ because that's the will of God for our life. The will of God for your life is that you may become more and more like Jesus Christ. And that comes through obedience, okay? That comes through obedience. The Bible said, if we are just hearers of the word and not doers, we deceive ourselves. You don't get anything out of it. We deceive ourselves. So obey the word, right? If the Bible tells you, put away lying, put away lying. The Bible said, let him who stole steal no more. Let him who stole steal no more. And he said, put away malice, anger, wrath, bitterness, sexual immoralities, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of possession. Put all those things out. Put it out. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Forgiving one another, even Christ in God forgave you. Obedience. That's the whole point. 
trust and obey, for there is no other way. That's obedience. Someone also said, trust and obey, or you will rust and decay. <laughs> I didn't say it. <laughs> Someone said it. Trust and obey, or you will rust and decay. That's the whole point. Trust and obey. Obey. Two things you just have to do with the word. You trust the word and you obey it. No arguments. Trust the word and obey it. No argument. Trust the word and obey. Trust the word and obey. So we've covered what spiritual growth is, some of the benefits, consequences, and now we, we are just wrapping up with how one grows, right? We said you have to be in the word. You have to meditate. You have to pray. You have to fast. And you have to obey the word. You have to obey the word. So in conclusion, I'm going to read two scriptures, and then I'll be done. Two scriptures. The first one is 2 Peter chapter 1, 5 to 10. 2 Peter 1, 5 to 10. But also for this very reason, given all diligence, add to your faith. So he's telling them, give all diligence. Add to your faith. Build up your faith. Add to your faith virtue. To virtue, knowledge. To knowledge, self-control. To self-control, perseverance. To perseverance, godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound. You see the five things that I just went over? If these things are yours and abound. That means if you keep practicing these things, you will be you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You will never be barren or unfruitful. Never be barren. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. You will never stumble. You will never stumble. If you do these things, you will grow. It's a must because it's coming from the word of God. It's a must because it's coming from the word of God. And you know, me saying all this doesn't mean that I've attained perfection. No, I, I also need to hear this. So like I'm speaking, but I'm still hearing it in my mind. Maybe after the sermon, I'm going to listen to it We're online. It's like, oh, I need to hear this too. <laughs> yeah, I need to hear it. And that's why um, I'm finishing up with Philippians 3, 12 to 16. Philippians 3, 12 to 16. Not that I have already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on. I also need to push, right? I also need to mature, need to grow, that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I'm forgetting about the elementary stuff of Christ. I want to grow. I want to know more of Jesus Christ. I press toward the goal for the price of the upward call of God in Christ. 
Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. Amen. Amen. All right. Let us pray.